here, good morning. Bereshus, Avimori, we're up to the bottom of Tesla Madalaf. We're talking about Kali Yisrael going out to Mitzrayim. The two dots, three lines up. Where it says, Daber no ba'otni ha'om v'gaymer. The three lines up to the bottom of Tes Omed Adaf. Two dots there. Daber no ba'otni ha'om v'gaymer. Speak now, speak please in the ears of the people, etc. Omre Debei Rabbi Yannai. The Debei Rabbi Yannai, the Beit HaMedish of Rabbi Yannai, they said, Ein no elol l'shem ba'kosho. The word no is a connotation of ba'kosho, or pleading, request. Meaning, Omar Ya'akodesh Baruch Hu to Moshe. Ya'akodesh Baruch Hu said to Moshe, V'makosho mimcho, I plead of you, Leich ve'emar lohem li'yisrael, Go to, say to Klal Yisrael, V'makosho mikem, I plead with you, Sha'adu mimitzayim k'lei chetep u'k'lei zahav, Ask from the Egyptians for the silver and gold kalim, Silver and gold utensils, Sh'aloi yomar, in order that, Sh'aloi yomar, the top of Tesom and Beit, in order that that tzaddik, i.e. Avraham Avinu, should not say, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu fulfilled the first part of the promise that he would, that the Mitzrayim would enslave them and would afflict them. But the second part of the promise, that afterwards, subsequently, they would leave Mitzrayim with a vast uh, treasure, a vast rechush, um, he did not fulfill with them. And therefore he said to, he said to Moshe Rabbeinu, I plead with you, go tell Kalisol that I plead with you that they should, that you should take the, uh, the, uh, the treasures from Mitzrayim. There's an obvious question here, which is, you can understand why HaKadosh Baruch Hu has to plead with Moshe to go and tell Kalisol. Because you know that Moshe Rabbeinu was not keen on Kalisol taking Oh, oh, exactly. For Moshe Rabbeinu to plead with Claudius Yisrael, that you can understand Moshe wouldn't have wanted to do. Because we find the of the Gemara says later on, that Moshe said that it's a bad thing for Claudius Yisrael to take the physical possessions. Because normally Gashmias and Ruchnias, especially in such large uh, quantities, you've got the large quantity of this uh, Rechush from Mitzrayim, and you've got Mas and Torah, the other end of the spectrum, to expect the whole of Klal Yisrael together, coming out to Mitzrayim, to know how to balance the two, is not likely. And we know that's what happened, the result was an ego. But HaKadosh Baruch said, I plead with you, go and tell them to take it. Why? In order that Abraham Avinu won't come along and say, look, Hashem didn't fulfill his promise of Acharei Echen Yitzu Baruch but that presents us with two questions. Number one, as you said, Moshe, we can understand why he wouldn't want it. But why wouldn't Klal Yisrael want to take it? What's the plea with Klal Yisrael to take it? Why wouldn't they want to take this Rukhush Gadol from Mitzrayim? But perhaps the bigger question is, what's it got to do? Because the Abraham Avinu shouldn't come along and say, Ah, oh, you see, Akkadosh Baruch Hu, you didn't fulfill your word. And let's say Abraham Avinu wouldn't come. Oisid Tzadik wouldn't come along and say, Hashem, what about fulfilling your word? Then Hashem didn't have to fulfill his word. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, Domei HaKadosh Baruch Hu's very seal is, is truth. So what's it got to do? Because Avraham Avinu, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Kaviyoko, worried what Avraham's going to say. Let's continue on a little bit first. Omru Lo. So, we're three lines down on Tess on the base. Omru Lo, they said to him, Tzadishol said to, um, to Moshe, Valavai Shenetzei Ba'atmenu. Halavai that we should we will leave with our own bodies. In other words, we don't need the the uh, the riches. 
Moshe the Adam Shayachovish Bevesasurit. It could be compared to a person who is locked up in a prison. While you open them, they were saying to him, or people were saying to him that they're going to take you out from the prison tomorrow. The notion in the Chol Momin Harbin are going to give you a lot of money. So he says to them, "The Vakosha Mikan, I plead with you, Hotsi, only I am. Let me go out today, but any Mavakish Kulum, and I'm I wouldn't ask anything of." So so to here, Kulani still said, "We're not interested in the money. Let us just get out of Mitzrayim." So here we have yet a third question: The Moshul and the Nimshul are, are they the same? The case of Mitzrayim was, you're going out now. You're going out now. Please ask the Mitzrayim for the money. We're not talking about tomorrow. We're not talking about a person in a, in a, in a, in a Beit HaAsurim. You're going out now. It's the third question the Vilma going to ask. So we've got three questions here. Number one, why would Kali Shol not want to take the money? Number two... What's it got to do? Because Abraham Avinu is going to come along and say, Hashem, you didn't keep your word. And if Abraham Avinu wouldn't come along? And number three is, what's the dimyo and what's the comparison between the Moshal and the Nimshal? In the Moshal, the person is going to go out tomorrow as opposed to, to, to today. Here, Kalali is sort of being told, you're going out now? Here's money. Well, we don't want the money. What's going on? Says it on the gone. In fact, let's, let's go one, 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 one more little bit of Gemara and then we'll answer it. Vayash ilu. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, in Pashat Boy, it says, Hashem put favor in the, the, the people's favor in the eyes of the Mitzrayim. Vayash ilu. What does that mean? Literally, they, they, uh, literally means they borrowed from them. But, Omer Rabbi Ami, Velami Shish ilum Baal Karcha. This teaches us that the Egyptians gave over the, this uh, big treasure against their will. Now, against who, whose will? Ikad the Omri, there are those who say, Baal Korachom de Mitzrayim. It was against the will of the Egyptians. The Egyptians didn't, want to, didn't really want to give the money. The Ikad the Omri, Baal Korachom de Israel. And others say it was against the will of Kalad Israel. Man the Omri, Baal Korachom de Mitzrayim. The one who says it was against the will of the Mitzrayim is the Chsiv because it writes in the Pasuk, Unavas Bayis to Chalik Shalom. That the one who lives in the house, the residents in the house, she will uh, divide, she will apportion, she will take, in other words, the spoils. In other words, we will take the spoils against the will of the, of the, uh, of the Egyptians. The one who says that it would happen against the will of Yisrael, Mishum Masri, is because Kali Sol didn't want the riches. They said, it's too much of a burden, we just want to go out with the, with the, you know, the muscles on our backs, let's just go. And therefore, Vayash Ilum could be interpreted to be against the will of the Mitzrayim. They had to give over, give over these treasures, these spoils. And it could be interpreted against the will of Kali Israel, who wouldn't have wanted it because it was too much of a weight, too much of a bird. We've got here, so therefore, we've got three questions really. Number one, why would Kali Israel not have wanted the money? Okay, the Gemara seems to have said because it's too much of a burden. Question number two is, what's it got to do with the, because Osir Tzadik Avram Zovin is going to come along and say you didn't keep your word, what's it got to do with him? Hashem's got to keep his word either way. And question number three was, what's the uh, difference between the Moshul and the Nimshul?
They perhaps yet a fourth question, and that is many ask that we see a little bit of Sheka here. Moshe told Paro that he'd be going out for three days. Did they go out for three days? They didn't go out for three days, they never came back. On the contrary, Paro sent, sent uh, messengers with them to see if they would come back after three days. When he saw they weren't coming back after three days, he went after them, and we had Kriyat Yamsa. So as a villain gone, we have to understand. He says it elsewhere as well, the, the, the same idea that he based, I think, on a post from Mizmah Shalim al-Shabbos, I think it's there. HaKadosh Baruch Hu plays the game of the villain. HaKadosh Baruch Hu wasn't Kaviyotel and Shalom and Laya. HaKadosh Baruch Hu put Paro into the very spider's web that he spun. Paro spun a web of falsehood, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu put him into that very spider's web of falsehood. You, says HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you said to Kali Son at the beginning, come work for me, and you lured him in gradually, gradually. I'm putting him into exactly the same trap which you made for Kali Son. And therefore you will follow the same thing. That at the beginning he was told they'll only be going for three days. The whole ploy in that was that through that it would draw Mitzrayim out. Mitzrayim would come to Kriyat Yamsuf and they'd sink in the waters of the Yamsuf. It was the same, there was no lying. The true going out of Mitzrayim, the true final Geula was when? Was it going out of Mitzrayim or was it at the Yamsuf? When were we really freed of the Mitzrayim? It was at the Yamsuf. No doubt about it, it's at the answer. Therefore, HaKadosh Baruch Hu was saying that this. Truth be told, it's true, I said you'd get, a, you'd get major riches when you leave Mitzrayim. That's the real leaving of Mitzrayim was, not just in body, it means in soul as well. That's at Kriyat Yamsuf. The only thing is, I'm Kaviyotl worried that Avraham Avinu may come along to me and say, but you said, I understood that to mean in body. Therefore he said to Kalalisov, I plead with you, take the money from its time now. Don't wait till Kriyat Yamsuf. Even though it's a big burden, you may want to say the way some of them explain it is, what's the point of us taking the money? Let's let and chase after us to the Yamsuf. They'll bring all the money as we know they did. They brought all their riches with them. Apparently that's the way they went out to Batten in those days. And we'll take the money there. Why do we have to carry it? Says our Baruch Hu, because Avraham Ovin is going to come along and say, I answered that to mean embodied. And why you don't understand that is a separate question. But therefore, says our Kodesh Baruch Hu, I plead with you, let them take the money now. But therefore, what our Kodesh Baruch Hu was saying to them is like this. It's not yet all over. Take the money now because of Oseh Sadi, because of Avraham Avinu. But the, and there's going to be another stage when you'll finally be free to them completely and that is because you're going to take their money you're going to go out for three days they're going to chase after you to get their money back even to get you back and then they're going to, they're going to sink in, in, in the yard so Kladi Surah Halavai let them keep their money we don't need their money let us just get be free to them today let us go out we don't need the Kriyas Yamsov let us just get out exactly on the Moshul says the Vulnagon now the Moshul and the Nimshul fit beautifully in the Moshe, what was it? You had a person in prison. He told, tomorrow you're going to be released. And you get lots of money. He said, let me go today. I don't need the money. Let me go today. Kalali said, has endured 210 years in this time. They said, enough. We don't need the Kriyat Yamsuf. Let us go today. Leave the money here. Let the Mitzrayim be done with us. Let us be done with the Mitzrayim. Let us go. HaKadosh Baruch said, no, it's not yet the time. I plead with you, take the money now. 
So that oh, says, so Zadik won't say they left without the money. And don't worry, there's one last stage to it that will be clear and then it will be all be over. That will be the grand finale. That's the way he basically more or less builds up the picture. Says the Gemara, the Gemara continues on now. By they emptied out Mitzrayim. We're on Tess on the base, two dots about, over ten lines down. By they emptied out Mitzrayim. Omer Rabbi Ami, said to Rabbi Ami, this teaches us that Kalalitra made Mitzrayim like a trap, like a net, without grain there. When people, want to, when people wanted to catch birds, trap birds, what they would do is they would take a net and they would put grain in it and then the birds would be attracted to the grain they'd come and eat the grain and they'd get trapped there. If you don't have any grain there, no birds are going to come there. So to Mitzrayim is emptied of all the grain and therefore no one would come to Mitzrayim. It emptied it of all spoils. Rish Lokish, Rish Lokish says, you can actually see it in the word by Yenatsu easier, they made it like Kemetsula, like the deep waters in Baldogan where there's no fish. Meaning the fish, the fish assemble, they gather at the, nearer the shore of the, of the seashore. They don't, they're not out in the deep, I mean they are obviously deep, deeper, but the smaller fish they keep at the, closer to the seashore. In the very deep waters you won't find the fish. The fish we're, we're talking about at least. So to Mitzrayim became like that Mitzula, which didn't have any fish in it. The, um, it, it could well be that there's, there's a, because Claudius Torah compared to fish, the Yitzgul Oreb compared to Oreb, especially Yosef is compared to it, and Mitzula refers to like Bovid as exile. We said exile, the Bovid is referred to like the Mitzula as the, the deep waters. But either way, the idea is they emptied out in Mitzrayim. What is the difference between these two, by the way? These two, if you want, Mashalim. Whether we made, we made Mitzrayim into a net without grain, or we made it into a swamp, into the very deep waters without fish. What's the difference between the two? Just a different, different marshal? What's the difference between the two Mishonim? Anyone see the difference? <coughs> the Gon says the difference is very simple. It's just a very immature. <coughs> One is going on the path, and one is really going on the future. When you've got a net without grain, the point, the main point is there, the main uh, doggish there is, people will not come in the future. The whole economy of Mitzrayim has collapsed, and therefore no one would do business with Mitzrayim anymore. There's no more grain there, so there's no one who's going to come there anymore. Whereas, when you're talking about a Mitzulah She'in Bardogim, you're talking about the Mitzrayim now. There is no one in Mitzrayim anymore. There's no money in Mitzrayim. It's been emptied of any fish. It's deep waters without anything there. Okay? It's just a, a difference of what's the Vayinatsulu. Is the Vayinatsulu that they emptied it out of any future business connections? Because there's no grain, there's, no in, there's nothing to entice potential uh, international business. Or is Peshat that Vayinatsulu means now it's empty of docking. There's, no, there's nothing there. It's just a wasteland. That's the way they want to go and explain the difference. Eke Asher Eke. carries on these famous words that Hashem said, Tell the Kalisha these words, I will be that I will be. Omeda Kodesh Borchu to Moshe, Kodesh Borchu said to Moshe, Lech Emolam, the Israel, go tell Kalisha, Ani Yiti Emotam Shibud there, I was with you in this, 
in this um, Shibud, Vani Eya Emachem B'Shibud Malchis, and I will be with you in the Shibud Malchis, in the, the uh, exiles to come. So, Omar Lepono, so he said before him, Rebbeinu Shalino, Zayah L'Tzorah B'Shato, it's enough for, uh, for, the, for the troubles for now. Why do you have to tell Kalali so there's going to be future troubles as well? Omar HaKadosh Baruch HaKadosh Baruch said to Moshe, you're right. Leich Amar Yisrael, go tell Kalali Yisrael, I will be with you, has sent, sent you now. In other words, I will be with you in this, in this Shibbat Mitzrayim. Doesn't say anything about the future ones. Don't tell them, Asher, Erkeh, the one about the future ones. I'm not, uh, that's, that, that's, that's, keep it for them. You don't have to tell them about the, the future troubles to come. This occurs to me now, why does he refer to the, if he says that, um, I was with you in this Shibbat, it should say something like, Hoyisi Asher Eyeh, or something like that. Why is it Eke Asher Eke, both in the future? He says, I was with you in this Shibbat, and I will be with you in this Shibbat to come. The answer is, because we have to understand, just thinking now, the Shibbat Mitzrayim didn't end there. I have been with you in the physical suffering of Mitzrayim, but you have to realize, even when we leave Mitzrayim, it hasn't ended there. The spiritual suffering, the spiritual damage of being in Mitzrayim is still prevalent until this very day. If you look at the Pesukim in the Torah, it's clear from that, there's a, a Yosef, I think, about this. He spells it out. The Loshan is, I need, for example, it says, I am Hashem, Hamotzi Etchem Yeretz Mitzrayim. The Loshan Hamotzi, although the Gemara discusses it with its past future, but grammatically, normally, Hamotzi is in the present. Continuously, I am taking you out of Mitzrayim. Based on others, the Yochim as well, and Pesukim. We have to understand, spiritually, we are still in Mitzrayim until this very day. And that's why we mentioned the Yitzhak Mitzrayim on a daily basis. We are on a daily basis, we are seeing this Gula from Mitzrayim. We're seeing how different we are to, to the nations of the world. And therefore, this area is still in the future to come. Hoyiti means the physically I was with you in Mitzrayim. You should understand, I will still be with you. I will help you through the spiritual um, torments of Mitzrayim, which are still to come. Yeah, but here, here, here it's difficult to say that because here, the second one you. Yeah, but I, don't, I, don't, yeah, I don't know if you'd say it in, in this. I would. I don't think in this sense. I mean, that means I would be with you. No, I realise that it's, it's more. It's more when it's talking about I would be. And here, especially, it's difficult because we're both. But the, the second one is definitely for the complete future. So according to this, it fits very nicely. Because even the, the second one is referring to the physical Shibbat in the future. Physical Shibbat, Shibbat Malthus. And even in that, Hashem says, there'll be, there will be the Shibbat Mitzrayim, which is why the two are connected, we'll see at the end of the parrot. And they'll be saying, I will be with you in both senses, both the physical suffering and the spiritual, that we're constantly on the, sort of being released from that spiritual, um, um, Suffering of 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 Mitzrayim. Finally, the Gemara finishes off back to what we had on Zavod. Answer me, Hashem. Answer me again. Maybe the double lotion. That's why we're bringing it in here. This is Eliyahu who's saying to Hakadosh Baruch Hu the showdown on Har Carmel with the Ovdi Abali. He says, Hashem, please answer me. Omer Rabbi Abba, what's the double Anini? 
Loma Oma Eliyahu Anini Beis Farm. Why did Eliyahu say Anini twice? Menami just teaches us. Shomar Eliyahu Lefnei Akolish Baruch Hu. Eliyahu said in front of Akolish Baruch Hu, Rebbeinu Shleilam. Anini, please answer me. Shetayli Deish Min Hashamayim. That the fire should come down from the heavens. Vetecha Akolash Alam Mizbeach, and it should consume everything on the Mizbeach. Because remember, normally fire goes upwards, not downwards. This requires a major miracle that the fire should descend from the heavens. That's the first Anini. The Anini, the second Anini is Shetosiyah Dasan, that you should cause their, 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 divert their attention, don't let them entertain such uh, ideas, Kadeshalayomi, in order that they shouldn't say, My Shofim Him, yeah, this is just an actual, uh, actual witchcraft on, on uh, Eliyahu's part. Shenema says that you should turn, turn their hearts backwards. In other words, don't let them conjure up such ideas and say, yeah, Eliyahu, this is all just shopping. There's no proof of the... There's no proof of uh, that there's a God. There's no proof that it's Hashem. You've got no... says, Anini, please, Hashem, answer me that they shouldn't come up with, with, uh, with such ideas. That's the two Anini. Says the next Mishnah. Me'imotai kerin Yusugina, we've discussed in the first Mishnah the time of Kriya Shema of the evening. That's the Veshach Bukhah, and now we're going on to Uv Kumechah. Me'imotai Kerin Neshema Veshacharis. From when can one read Kriya Shema in the morning? Again, the Me'imotai. The first question being from when. We're not talking about yet until when. That's why you'll see in the first opinion it doesn't say anything about until when. So the Vilna Gon says. Mishayake ben Tichelet Lulova. The first opinion the Tanakhama says is from when one can distinguish between the two colours, Tzachedet, bluey green, whatever the colour Tzachedet is, some people say they've got it today, but uh, between that colour and the Lovan and the white. We'll be explaining to the Gemara what, what exactly we're talking about. Rabbi Yezor says no, between blue and white, that's quite easy to, even when it's quite dark out, you can still tell the difference between this blue and white. Rather, it's got to be between two very similar colours, the Tzachelet and the Karti. What is Karti? Well, you'd assume, well, why do you assume green? Karti means leek. Karti means leek. But the, the Rabbeinu says it's wrong. It's not leek here. Because he says leek has got not, doesn't look anything like Tzachelet. He says rather Karti is actually a colour. I think he, means, he says Hindi. Which, uh, on the side there, they say it, it looks like blood, which I'm assuming means blue. I don't know, I don't know. Base, love, and other space. Blue. Maybe indigo. Maybe, maybe it means indigo, even. I don't know. But either way, it's definitely a colour which is very similar to Tukhela. Where it means the leek, and it does mean a greeny blue. It's a colour which is very similar to Tukhela. He says, Rabbi Yehuda says, you've got to wait a little, a little longer before you can read Kriyashima until you can distinguish between these two colours. Vagomra, we're not going to Vagomra, Adhani Tachama. The Vilmogon says, Vagomra means you've got to finish off all three parashiyas. Not enough with one. Ideally, you have to finish all three parashiyas, Ad, or perhaps according to Rabbi Yehuda, it's actually the Ikuba, Adhani Tachama before sunrise. Before sunrise. Rabbi Yeshua, I know, Rabbi Yeshua says, Ad you've got until three hours into the day. Shekin derech melochim lamid b'shalishoyis, because it's the way of kings to get up in the third hour. Hakerim become the eloch. Somebody reads from then onwards. Lehipstid ka'adam hakerim He doesn't lose out 
like something you read Pesukim in the Torah, in other words, feel free to read it. You may not get the rewards for reading Kriya Shema, but you've definitely gained the reward of somebody who has read Pesukim. Perhaps Hashem will discuss that later on, what the significance is, so I may as well just continue learning my tomorrow. Does that mean I should read Kriya Shema after the third hour? I shouldn't. We'll see about Hashem what that means at the end of the Pesukim. So let's just concentrate for a second on what this three hours. Because obviously it's very important to us. Three hours is the way we pass in. You've got until three hours into the day. As we mentioned, we mentioned this on Daf Gimel. Does that mean the beginning of the third hour or the end of the third hour? How long do we have to Kriyash of the morning? Beginning of the third hour or the end of the third hour? The end. Yeah, the end. We've got three hours, a quarter of the day. Okay? Until the... When do the kings actually get up, though? Beginning. How do we know that? We had it earlier on Daf Kimmel. On Daf Kimmel on the base, we had there when David Amara said, Chatzos Laila Okum Lodislach, I get up to give thanks to you at Chatzos. And he was saying that I get up to Mishmaris, Mishkidmei and Ashmaris, that I get up to Mishmaris, eight hours in other words, before the other kings. Because the other kings get up the third hour, I must mean the beginning of the third hour, as Rashi says there, and I get up at Katsos. So, I mean, perhaps it has to mean at the beginning of the third hour. So, in which case, how does that fit with our Mishnah? Make up your mind. Do they get up at the beginning of the third hour, or do they get up at the end of the third hour? No, what's Pshat? So? It is Adar Adbechal, but the question is, it's based on when the final, the latest people get up, the, you know, the, the, so speak, the lazy bones, are the king. Which is, the beginning of the third hour. So then why do we have to the end of the third hour? So, there are, there are very, very various answers. To the one the goal wants to say that the kings start getting up at the beginning of the third hour, and they get up, the last ones get up at the, length, the end of the third hour. So, the Talmudic is praising himself that I get up to eight hours, I get up eight hours even before the earliest kings. But for Kriyashma, you've got until the last kings get up, which is the end of the third hour. That's, that's, that's what he wants to say. But then, as the Pichodosh says, the Pichodosh says, the Pichodosh they get up at the beginning of the third hour. So why have we gone until the end of the third hour? Because the kings themselves, they have to read Kriyashma. If they only get up at the beginning of the third hour, by the time they're ready to read Kriyashma, they've got to get themselves ready, they've got to be excused, brush their teeth, Get, get, uh, you know, get, uh, get dressed. So Chazal said, it's Nistabe, that Kumecha includes a little bit of time to get up, get ready, and then read Kriyashima. So we'll give you to the end of the third hour. That's what the Prechodos wants to say. It must definitely include Malchay Yisrael. Yes. Only David HaMelech seemingly didn't get up. I mean, uh, truth, be, truth be told, truth be told, you don't, I take that back. That's the Shagitari. Shagitari is going to say, we'll come to it in a second, he says Malchay Yisrael. According to what we're saying now, it doesn't have to be Malchay Yisrael. It's not about Malchay Goyim. They would, they get up at the beginning of the third hour, and from then you have to give enough time for people to say Kriyashima. I mean, they don't say Kriyashima. But somebody would get up at the beginning of the third hour, that's the latest time for getting up, you then got to give enough time to be able to say Kriyashima. The Shai asks, he doesn't like this. He says, number one, 
He says, so you're telling me we're talking about Goisha kings. And on this David Amalek says, look at me, I get up before the Goisha kings. He says, what sort of a... Uh, he says, you don't call yourself a chassid because you get up before the Goisha kings. That's point number one. Point number two is, he says, so what's Rabbi Eliezer going to do with this? Rabbi Eliezer says, you've gone until when? What did we just say in the mission? Rabbi Eliezer says, the latest time for reading Kriya Shema is... What did we just read in the Mishnah? Had Hanei Until sunrise. Because that's when people get up. Why doesn't he say Hanei Tachamah plus an extra hour? Now obviously the Shagzai is t- assuming that Pshat is Ad Hanei Tachamah because people get up until Hanei. I mean you could have said otherwise that the majority of people get up well before Hanei and if we talk again until Hanei I mean obviously there are some people that's clear from the Gemara we learned from early on Daft there are some people who are still getting up still on it. But Rabbi Yezik goes after the majority. You could say the majority get up, let's say, nearer Allah's, and we get them still on it. You could have said that. But he takes on as a double portion. No, the people are getting up still on it. Fine. So he says, in which case, you should give them, a, you know, you need to give them a bit of extra time to read as well. If you're saying that it's, means enough time to get up and to read, so it should be on it, plus extra time. So he says, therefore, no. He says, of course, we're talking about Jewish kings. Jewish kings get up at the beginning of the third hour. <coughs> Jewish kings get up. <coughs> Hold on, let me, let me, let me, let me, get, let me get this the, the, the right way around. Yes. Jewish kings get up at the beginning of the third hour in order that they can read Kriyashima. And that's what David HaMelech was saying. Look at me, I get up eight hours before the Jewish kings. That's a big praise. Jewish kings, you'll see, they get up at the beginning of the third hour. I get up eight hours before that. As for Kriyashima, we've got till the end of the third hour because the Goisha kings sleep until the end of the third hour. The Jewish kings, of course, they get up at the beginning of the third hour in order to prepare themselves to read Kriyashima. And says the Vilna God, says, says the Shagatari, sorry, says the Shagatari, and according to Rabbi Yezah, that which we say you've got until Honeit, that's come out because women, children who don't have to read Kriyashima, they would get up till on eight. And for us, we've got to get up well before on eight to read Kriyashima. According to him, the Jewish kings had better get up much earlier. And Ochanami. We're saying, if not for Kriyashima, for people like women and children and Gush, they get up on eight, end of the third hour, whatever the time may be. That's how you want to But, not that, I wouldn't say the Shaykhitari is always too worried about what the Rishayim doesn't always feel these Meshubah to the Rishonim, but we are Meshubah to the Rishonim. I think I've got three Raya's, one absolute Raya, Kenegat the, the, the Shagatari from the Rishonim, Kenegat the Shagatari. And like the Prechodos. The first thing is, I don't understand what, what, what the first question he's got, I don't understand. He says, would David Amelech praise himself that, look, you know, look what I do, I get up eight hours before Goisha Kings. What sort of praise is that? But seemingly that, that is what he said on Daftalus. He said, look at me. All these kings of the east and west, they get up at the, you know, they get up at the beginning of the third hour. I get up eight hours before that. All the kings of the east and west, they sit there, Yishma, Gudas, Agudas, Bechoydom, they sit there with, with all their glory, and look at my hands, Yod, I'm my hands are dirty with blood. Who are these Malchemists of Hamaro? The kingdom hadn't yet been split. There wasn't, as far as I'm aware, there was no other king of Kalisol at that time. So who are these Malchemists of Hamaro? Definitely we're talking about Goisha kings. The same way we find that the Gemara says, the Malchim and Zohar they're the ones who get up and they bow down to the sun and anger Hashem in the first three hours of the day. The time of Zohar Dhamelech, do we have Jewish kings serving our Zohar? 
It's clear we're talking about Goyesh Kings, then he is calling himself a Chassid. The point being is he's saying, of course, I mean, it's not surprising he's different to them. But what he's saying is a Jewish king behaves differently to a Goyesh King. He's called a Chassid because he doesn't behave as with a king, just a, a king of physical flesh and blood, which you'd expect. He'd get up late in the day, he'd sit there with all his covers. I understand that I'm nothing more than a pawn in the, in the, in the game. I'm just a, a, um, a representative of Master Shemaim, as we discussed at the time. So that's, that's with, with regard to what I said, I'm not, you know, obviously I'm not being missing something here, but to me it seems fits very nicely from the Gemara that he is comparing himself to the Goyshe king. That's point, point number one. Point number two is, we had, with, with this, we're t- tying in a, a few Gemaras we had earlier. On that face, we had the Gemara which said, if you remember, what was the, uh, one of the, the first price we had on that face on the base. What's the earliest time to read Kriya Shema, it said? Do you remember what it said? The first price on that face on the day said, "As Mishal Sheheoni Nechnas Lechol Pita from the time that the poor man comes in to eat his bread with salt. So Tosis, we didn't actually see this Tosis inside. Tosis asks over there, "Wait a second. So when will the Oni himself read Kriya Shema? He can't read Kriya Shema without eating his Tzodah." And if you're telling me I can read Kriya Shema from the time the Oni eats his Su'uda, but when is the Oni eating his Su'uda? That's after Kriya Shema. Well, in which case the time of Kriya Shema must be before the time that the Oni eats his Su'uda. It's a catch-22. Yeah? So Tosin's answer, I think we mentioned the answer at the time. Surely there's a very simple answer. You know what the simple answer is? What's the simple answer? Are we talking about a Jewish Oni or maybe we're talking about a Deutsche Oni? It's about the poor man, the poor man who come in, Taka a Goish Oni, a non-Jewish Oni from when he eats his Tzodah. Why can't we say that? The Akhirin wants to suggest answers, if Bamela, who would use salt? It's only a Jew, because we have to dip in the salt. If you look at the Rishonim, the Rashbal, they said, because would we use a Goy, a Kuti, to fix a Shira for a Mitzvah? When we're fixing a time for a mitzvah, of course we use Jewish people. Well, that's another problem for the Shai Gitari. Because Shai Gitari says, why do we have till the end of the third hour to read Kriya Shema? Because who, who's still asleep until the end of the third hour? The Goisha kings. Well, how can we fix out, would Rabbi Yeshua really fix his time based on what, what, what the Goisha king does? Yeah, but if you're fixing a time... Yeah, but with Kumecha, we're saying that we wouldn't fix our time. We'd fix it based on... the Mashmoah said, you, possibly you could say like you're saying, that here it's different because we're fixing it based on fact. Loshan and Roshanim is not Mashmoah like that, however. But you're right. Maybe, maybe you could have got out of it with that. Do you want to say with Kumecha, it's based on fact. It's different. But the third question, as I said, is the knockout blow. The third one is the Tehsorosh. Tehsorosh is black and white, like the, like, like the, uh, like the Pichodosh. He says that they get up at the beginning of the third hour and they read by the end of the third hour. So clearly, with the Jewish kings, they sleep until the beginning of the third hour, they get up at the beginning of the third hour and they read, we said actually the end of the second hour is the same thing, the transition between the end of the third hour and the beginning of the third hour, that's when they get up and they read Kriyashima by the end of the third hour. Black and white. So for us, as it says, we do have a shiver to the Rishonim, that's definitely the shot we're taking here. And it actually fits very nicely into the Lashon of the Mishnah. Because the expression, the last one in the Mishnah was, we've got Ad Shalei Shalei, 
until three hours, which as you said beforehand means ad ad bichlal. She came derech b'nei melochim l'amud. Because the way of kings to get up, it doesn't say ad shalishoy, it says but shalishoy. Because the Jewish kings, they get up in, within, sometimes during the three hours. I.e. the beginning of the third hour. And therefore you've got time to read until the end of the third hour. Fine. We've still got one question remaining. And that is, if the Shagat Ariyeh, if we're taking on like the Shagat Ariyeh, the Rabbi Yezai says, is because people get up until Honei Tachamo, why don't we give extra time beyond Honei for people to get up and to read it? So let me ask you a different question. This is a question which many, many people are bothered by. What does Uveshach B'chon mean? Uveshach B'chon means, the way we pass in like Rabban Gamliel, like the Chachomim, means the whole time that people are lying down. Why don't we say Uvkumechadim means then the whole time that people are standing up the whole day? Should follow. We're not the first one. I'm afraid of asked this question. Uveshach B'chon means the whole night because that's the time people are sleeping. So if Kumechom is the whole time people are awake. The whole time we're sort of in a, in a position of upright position. Why is there a difference between the two? No, what's the answer? Just touch the word. I mean, the most, I think the simplest answer is that they've got other answers. To me, it seems, let's just start with touching the word. What does the word Shechivot mean? If I say to you, Ani Shechivot, well, I, well, let's say, I will be shaykhi. What does that mean? It can imply one of two things. It could imply, I'm going to change my position from standing up to lying down. From a vertical position to a horizontal position. It could also mean, shaykhiva means you are lying down. It can mean both. However, the word kimo does not mean standing up. It means getting up. If you're standing up, you are omid, you are standing. You are not kom. Kom means getting up. It means actually standing up. The word sheikhev, however, denotes both the change of position and the position, the lying position. That, that's possible, however. So therefore, it goes like this. Rabbi Yezah follows through the shitato beautifully. He says over shach means, we learned earlier, what does he say over shach means? The time when you are lying down or the time when you are going to lie down? You're changing position. Rabbi Yezah, he was the one who says until the end of the first third, the time when people are preparing to go to bed, it means the time when you are going to lie down. You are going to change position from your standing up, your active position, to your passive position. So, so to here he says the same thing. We don't include any time beyond that. Just... It's got to be the time when people would be going to lie down. That's it. We're not giving you any time once you are actually lying down. So, so to he says the same thing. Ufkumecha means when you get up. When do people get up? As we said, that's until our next. We're giving any time beyond that? No. So, for you people, for you Jews, people who are going to have to read Kriyashma, yes, you better get up a little before that. And Ochalami, like the Shaykh's Ayah says. For Rabbi Yezah, yes, you have to get up before that. 100%. However, Rabbi Yeshua goes like the Rabbonon. And the Rabbonon say, Uveshoch B'chom means the time when you are not just changing position, when you are actually lying down. So therefore you'd expect Uveshoch would also have to include at least some time 
beyond the getting up. On the other hand, it doesn't say uva amidoscha when you are standing up. So therefore, that comes to tell me it's not the whole day. So how do you reconcile this? It can't be that there's no time, it's just uva kumecha means at the time of getting up and that's it. Because why should it be different to uva shokbecha? Just like uva shokbecha means you, you go to lie down and then you've got a whole load of time while you are lying down. At least figuratively, it doesn't mean literally while you are lying down, as we'll see. You've got the time to recreate Shema. So to Uvkumecho must include some time, at least a bit of time, after you've actually got up. And the truth is, if you actually think about it, the word Kimo, although as I said it means to get up, it gets into a little bit of a, a philosophical debate here, but it does include actually the position of standing up. If you think about it, if, if, I, if I say I'm going to Levisha, the actual Levisha includes two parts. It includes the taking of the clothes and putting on me. Yeah? The might of, but it also must include a split second while I, I, I am in a state of being malubash, or being clothed. That's by definition, that's what it includes. That's what it includes. It's based on a totus and shawur, it spells out this side, the way I understand totus and shawur. So to a kima includes the, the transition, and at least a, it must be at least a split second when you are no longer lying down, you are now standing up. But either way, from the fact that we will be shocked with so, Hadallah now, how much time is that going to be? It can't be the whole day, as we say, because it doesn't say, when you are standing up. It says, when you get up. So, therefore, they say, it's reasonable to say, enough time that the last person gets up and is able to say Kriyashima, which will give you until the end of the third hour, like the Pichodos, like the Sayyid Sarosh says. You're going to get to all the Pesukim enough. No, no, it can't. I'm not saying that. Karma means getting up. I'm saying the only reason here, it includes a spl- at least a split second. It doesn't imply for the rest of time. <coughs> you understand what I'm saying? Chemo, by definition, means a transition from being lying down to standing up. Plus a split second when I am in that position of standing up. It has to be like that. Because it implies I go from lying down, go, you know, from, from let's say 180 degrees, all the way up, we're going less and less and less, till I come to 91 degrees, then I hit 90 degrees. Now, I've finished my chemo. But at that point, I am standing up. So you have to have a split second. Yeah? It doesn't include at least a split second. The question is, should it include more than that? No, because it should say, if it, if it meant the time of standing up. But because it, it is Uvashach we see from Uvashach the way of Yeshua, that it does include some time, so therefore, I can say, it includes maybe a split second, it can include a second, it can include more than that. But it doesn't, in other words, the act of chemo does not imply, it's not self-implied that we're talking about standing for a long time. If it's going to imply anything, I'm not sure it's even true what I'm saying, but I think it, it could imply at least a split second onwards that you're standing up. If you want to say that you're standing, sort of ongoing standing, you know, for a long time, you'd say, it's clear that I mean for a long time, you'd say, Uva But Chazal know from Uva Shoftachor, be sure I know that it has to include some time at least, that you've got time to be in that position, and read. That's what they learn of Shoftachor. So if Kumechor, therefore Chazal say, it doesn't say Uva So he says, it's logical to say, it means the time to get up, 
and enough time to read Kriyashima, which they say, I mean, it's quite a lot of time, I would have thought for us, but then if I didn't take an hour to get ready in the morning, but for the kings at least, it would be enough time to get ready and to read. Okay, says the, um, says the Gemara. I said the last point about the, about Tarkei and Mekam Eloch, we'll see Be'ez Hashem, we'll speak about that um, further on down, uh, down the line, further down the line. Says the Gemara, my being Techeles Lelovon. What does it mean between Techeles and Lovon? The Tanakhama says that you can read Kriyashma from the time you can read, you can distinguish between the blue and the Lovon. What is Techeles and Lovon? If you say that means between a ball of wool, which is white, and a ball of wool, which is blue, you can even tell the difference even at night, even when it's dark out. That's not Uvkumech, that's not daytime. Rather, it must be when you can tell the difference between the blue and the white within one thing. Now Rashi that means, says, says that means you take a ball of wool and you, it's obviously white, wool starts off white once it's been cleaned. You put it in the, the uh, kettle of dye, of blue dye, and it takes up the blue. Right? It takes up the blue dye. But very often you'll see not all of it has taken up the blue dye. There's still a few little specks of white. Yeah? There's still a few, a few, a few specks of white. He says, as long as you can, once you can see the difference, you can spot those specks of white then you can read Kriyashima. That's what Rashi says. Tosu says, no, that's not Pshat. Tosu says, because that can be, you can tell even still at night. He says, it's, rather, it's the difference between the, the blue and the white in the Sittus. Because remember, time's gone by, there are one or two strings made of different Sittus and showing them how many. Tosu learns here, two out of the four were actually Tuchelet. And if you have some white, some blue. I mean, you're looking at your sitters and you can tell the difference between the twinings which are blue and the twinings which are white. That's the time it's already, now it's time for Kriyashima. And it's based on, it's actually based on the Gemara Menachos, that it says, Uri Isem Hosei, that you will see it, you'll see your sitters, who is the Chasem Eshkom Mitzvah Hashem. And you remember all the Mitzvahs of Hashem, that means then you'll be able to read Kriyashima. You'll be able to read Kriyashima. So you see, it's from when you can see the Tzcheles, the difference between the Tzcheles and the white, at that point, you can read Kriyashima. That's Pshat Uri Isem, as says Rishalni, you'll be able to see it, you'll be able to distinguish between the Tzcheles and the Loven and the Sintis, then you can read Kriyashima. Tanya, it's been taught in a, a writer. Rabbi Meir, Omer, Rabbi Meir says, Mishiyake ben Ze'ib lekeret. When you can distinguish between a wolf and a dog, then you can read Kriyashima. Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva says, When you can distinguish between a donkey and a wild donkey. And others say, normally Achirim is Rabbi Meir, but as Tosa says here, it cannot be Rabbi Meir, because we've already had Rabbi Meir. He said, So here Achirim is obviously somebody else. From when you can see your friend standing four Amas away from you, and you can tell who he is, then that's the time you can read Kriyashima. Some say that that, that is the same time. Two, two shittas in the, in, the, in the Yerushalmi, and the same Achlikas appears between the Rosh and the Tamidir Rabbeinu Yonah. Some say that's exactly the same time as the time which we referred to earlier between when, you can, when you can tell the difference between the blue and the white. That's exactly the same time as Mishiachir, Bain, um, 
מתחילת ללוף. משיר את חברי, סובי? Some say it's a different time, correct. Some, some say it's a different time. And by the way, I, uh, the one who said, the mission who said that you can tell the difference between the Tzacheles and the Karti, he learns Uri Yisrael so means you can see it within colors which are exactly the same sort of, so, sort of uh, very similar shades. That's Uri Yisrael Mosai. That's the way he learns it up. But al we've got different shittas here. Omar Rapuna says Rapuna, Halokha Ka'achirim. The halokha is like the Achirim, i.e. that you can read Kriya Shema from the time that you can see you can see your friend at a distance of Daladam. Omar Abaye, Abaye said, no. Litfilin ka'achirin, when it comes to tfilin, the earliest time tfilin on tfilin is, as we know, we call it Mishayakir, from when you can see your friend at a distance of four amas. But the Kriya Shema, but for Kriya Shema, Kravosikin, you have to do like the Vosikin, or the Chatzchila at least, we're going to see it, the Halacha, he's not coming to, to argue that yes, you can do it Mishayakir, we'll see where the Tashem and Tosfus, that Lechatzchila, yes, you can, that, that uh, at least the Diyabed, you can do it, Mishiyake Eschavir. He's not arguing on Rafuna. He's just saying, Lechatzchila, you should do like the Vosikin. So, Omar Rabbi Yechanan, because Rabbi Yechanan said, Vosikin, are you going in Eisah, Imane Tzachamu? That the Vosikin used to complete Kriya Shema with Hone Tzachamu. They used to complete Kriya Shema, well, for, the, for the time being, we'll just go with the Posh Shat. That means they'd complete Kriya Shema as it hits sunrise, so that they'd be able to start to fill off straight away with, with uh, straight after sunrise. Let's just stop there for a second, because the Gemara is then going to continue on into this whole time of Honeit, people who daven Vatikan. Let's just see one Tosus. Achirim Oimrim, Achira Eschavira Bechulu. We've said here that these Achirim say that the time for reading Kriya Shema is tefillin, as we said in the end, but is you've got to wait until you can see your friend at a distance of four hours. Now, what does that mean, a friend? The Yerushalmi, in the Yerushalmi says on the right hand side there, anan kayomen. What are we talking about here? Ibarogin, if we're talking about a good friend of yours, hakim Even if he's standing further away than Daladamus, you'll also be able to see him because you know what he looks like. And the Ibish Eino Rogel, if we're talking about somebody who you don't know very well at all, even if he's standing just one or two hours away from you, you won't recognize him. Answer the Gemara, Tipote, Barogel, Veino Rogel. We're talking about somebody who you know a little bit. Kardin, Absanyo, Deotti, the kitchen. We're talking about somebody who comes, he comes, let's say you've got a, you've got a hotel, he sometimes comes to stay with you, so you, you're acquainted with him, but he's not your best friend. So if you want to do this experiment, and this is uh, Rabbi Kahn's father has done this, um, Rabbi Meir Posen as well has done this experiment, they came out I think with slightly different uh, results, one's I think 7 degrees, one's 8 degrees, about a minute in it, what's this time in Shiyaki, you have to go out into the middle of the, sort of, middle of the countryside where there's no, you don't have any uh, artificial light affecting, ruining the ex- experiment, it's got to be pitch black, and you've got to wait until you have, in the way they did it, they took two people who looked very, very alike, and you have both of them walking towards somebody who knew both of them a little bit. And when he would be able to distinguish between the two and say who, who was who, um, then they knew, at the position of Daladamus, they knew that was Mishiyakir. It's, it's very unclear what this time is. This is the one time 
which, which uh, is some other by, by extent, we don't have a clear we don't have a clear time, it's not so clear what this time of Mashiach here is. Sorry? <laughs> well, there are, there, you will see times published for Mashiach here, but uh, I don't know who, who that's based on. There is this ongoing conflict, whether it's uh, an 8 degrees, 7 degrees, with our, it, it's, it's not, it's based on experiment, there's no, it's not, the Gemara, for example, tells us it's the time it takes to walk 4 mil. The time is, you know, a certain distance. So that we can, we know, basically, we got shifted in the Rishonim, how long it takes to walk a mill. 18 minutes. But Mishiyaka, we have no defined time in the Gemara. So you have to do it by experiment. So that's, that, that's exactly, so that's what the Rishonim spells out. It's got to be somebody who you know a little bit and not too well. Okay, what's that? You know, is that somebody who comes to stay with you from time to time? <coughs> um, and we just finished this thesis. The Torah needs to say the high Achirim, not Rabbi Meir, and this Achirim is not Rabbi Meir. So Rabbi Meir, I read the Elminai because we said Rabbi Meir has already talked about. He's already presented his position earlier on. Um, just read a little further in the Gemara, and then we'll stop. Tanya Nami Hoti. Back into the Gemara, we've also learned like this in a brighter. Vatikin, are you going to the Vatikin? Vatikin means people who love mitzvahs. They love mitzvahs. They would literally complete Shema Imani Tachamot together with sunrise. As it hits sunrise, Kedei Sheyismach Kudalit Pelo. In order to be Semich Kudalit Pelo. In order that, as we discussed on Daftalad, the idea of having Kudalit followed straight away into, into the Tefillah and the, the, the opportune time for davening Shema and Esrei is at sunrise to say the Kriya Shema just before, before, uh, before sunrise. The Nimsam is Tala Bayom so it would turn out that they were davening uh, the Shema and Esrei at the beginning of the day. Omer Rabbi Zeyro says Rabbi Zeyro where's the Pasuk for this idea? The Pasuk says Yira'ucha im Shemesh they will fear you with the Imshama, sorry, with the sun, in other words, with sunrise, where Rashi seems to learn it here means it will be Makabal Omas for Shamayim, Imshamesh, as it hits sunrise, they'll finish Kabbalah Samach Shamayim, elsewhere Rashi says Yerucha refers to Tfilah, it means they will start summoning with sunrise once it hits sunrise, which actually refers to Mincha time, the Gemara says later on in the fourth parak. It says, means the opportune time for davening Mincha, theoretically, although the Gemara is not too happy with it, but it's to daven just before sunrise, uh, sunset. So as you finish your Mincha davening as it hits sunset, that's the ideal time. It's just a little bit of a risk. That's the ideal time for davening Shacharis, and the ideal time for davening uh, Mincha. Um, Okay, we'll, we'll have to, we'll, we'll continue tomorrow with this, uh, with the figure of Vosikin.